four words that turn summer into autumn. Notre Dame versus Michigan. Two giants who first clashed way back in 1887. For over a century, mud-covered golden domers have tussled with the guts and glue of the maize and blue. Epic battles punctuated by legendary names. Well, hello there, college football fans, and welcome to episode 10 of the Irish, or not Irish, <laughs> I, I, I just filmed my other episode for my other, my other podcast, um, the Fighting Wolverine podcast. Um, it is July 30th, and Dan's laughing and making fun of me, um, but yeah, we're, we're here today, and it's been a long break for us, it's been a couple weeks now since we've gotten together and, and talked about a few things. Um, and there's been a lot that has happened, um, whether that be Notre Dame, Michigan, or just college football as a whole. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you know of the things that I'm kind of foreshadowing. Uh, but there is – college football is changing, um, whether we like it or not. And we kind of got to jump on board here and, and just and just go along for the ride. So – we're going to talk about the specifics of that uh, later on in the episode, but but for now we're going to jump in. And I, again, I did this last episode. I forgot to ask Dan, how are you? It's Friday. How was your week? Uh, I was busy delivering water, at, you know, all over St. Joe County. Mm. Got to <laughs> deliver that H two O. That high quality H two O and some salt. <laughs> How about you? Um, it was good. Um, we just got we were in California last weekend. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, my wife had a, a work conference, and I decided to tag along for the ride. And we were in San Diego, and it was it was good. I mean, it, you know, going on vacation, I like going to tropical, more tropical destinations for vacation. Um, but it wasn't California is just so busy. There's always something like there's just so many people, and it was hard to kind of relax. It didn't it didn't feel necessarily relaxing, but mm. um, but nonetheless, it was it was good to get away. It was fun to experience a, a different state, and I've never been out west, so that was as far west as I've been. Um, yeah, I think the farthest west I've been, I've been to Washington, like Spokane, and all that. Yeah, just hunt out there for a little bit. For yeah, a job. San Diego offers great food and uh, and they're the number one micro micro brew capital of the United States. So I had good stuff. <laughs> beers. That was that was delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah, while while my, while my wife was at a at a work conference, I was touring the breweries. <laughs> it was a hard hard weekend. But, uh, anyways, yeah, it's been a good week though. Just got back into the flow of work and, um, and and yeah, just now it's Friday and time to enjoy the weekend. So, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's hop into some Michigan and Notre Dame news, and I'll let you go first and uh, talk about some stuff that's going down with the Wolverines. Uh, Big Ten had their media day. I think that's the biggest news for Michigan. Uh, I saw 
little bit of what Ryan Day and Scott Frost and some other coaches had to say, but I can't get into them. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're coaching Ohio State. You're good. Yeah, we get it. (laughs) You're picked to win again. Right. That uh, Harbaugh, like, I don't know how familiar you are with Harbaugh, how kind of quirky he is in interviews. What was the one about uh, ch- don't eat chicken because they're scared bird? Yeah, he, steak and steak and eggs, and I mean steak and milk, and that's all he eats, or something like that. Just kind of weird stuff. I mean, I like him as a coach, you know, but he's just a weird guy. <laughs> Spending a night with recruits, very weird. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he seemed a little upbeat compared to the last couple of big 10 media days which i think is pretty promising for us but i don't can't drink the kool-aid until they go 11 and 0 then be disappointed when they play ohio state so i mean it sounds like that new coaching staff they're young and energetic i think they've kind of light a little fire in the players and the hardball himself so i mean that's good science for us right yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it was good to hear. I, I did read some things that mentioned Harbaugh was a little bit different. Like he was different and he seemed like he was a different person um, than he has in the past couple of years. So that, yeah. to further your point, I think that that was. Because I miss, if you watch some old clips of him, he would like just get in the ref's face and all that. But he don't even do that anymore. Yeah. Like throw his clipboard, you know, show some fire. But he's com- he's been gone the last three or four years. Maybe it's that uh, uh, Ohio State has beaten him so much. <laughs> maybe it's his uh, micro or his um, whatever the headset cord that's holding him back. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing I've always I've always gone back to. Like again, I you know I I mean you know that I don't. I'm not a huge Michigan guy. Obviously, but really, that's the one thing that's like almost like an arrogance. It's like I'm gonna have someone care, like walk around behind me and like make sure my cord doesn't get tangled. Like, come on, dude. Oh, heck, I like the it's the Clemson defensive coordinator. Some coordinators have a guy just to follow them so they can pull you back because you're on the field. Yeah, yeah, don't don't get out there and and get a well, it's not technical in in football, but. Like, don't get a, a penalty. And it's like, I just, I don't know. For some reason, that has always irked me. It's like, dude, like, you're going to have some kid walk around behind you and just, like, make sure your cord is good. Cord. It's like, just go to a wireless, bro. Like, you're not impressing anybody. You're just in being. In the year 2000. Come on, man. <laughs> just being a douchebag. Let's be real. Yeah. But, uh, other than the Big Ten media days. That was this past week, well, last week, right? And uh, Michigan's hosting a big event at the big house. They're having a barbecue for future prospects, current commits, and people they're trying to bring to Michigan. So, Right. Yeah, Notre Dame just had one of those, actually. Yeah. Um, They had, like, a cook-off. It looked like, appeared to me, a cook-off with – like the team i don't know if those were intertwined or not there was a cook-off between like the team that's like the current team 
like you had your position groups do a kickoff and you did that. But I don't know if that was a part of I think it was a part of the the recruits being there and like having the food that they made and stuff. Um, but it was just a big, big celebration and got some got some kids on on campus again that wanted to come back and um, you know it's just a good opportunity. It's just a recruiting thing, a good opportunity to get get those kids on campus again and and, and see them and stuff. So yeah, so yeah. You, we forgot to say it's. I think thirty days to the first game for college yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, we're getting. I, Notre Dame is about a week away from starting fall camp. There, it's, yeah. it's right around the corner. We're we're getting close. I'm. I've been kind of gearing up and like I bought. So between now or between the last episode and now, I bought. Um, I bought an Airbnb for the Toledo game, um, the home opener, and then I also bought four tickets. So. Um, gonna go with some friends and enjoy some tailgating and the first home or the home opener, and hopefully, this whole BS with COVID rising up again isn't gonna affect that, but we'll see. Um, so I'm hoping on September 11th to be sitting in Notre Dame Stadium and enjoying what you would think would be a butt whooping of the Toledo Rockets, but, um, but we'll see. So yeah, I, I just, I, I'm excited about that. And I just like, it's, it's around the corner, you know, like I'm Labor Day weekend. My plan is to grill and <laughs> sit down and just watch ball. All oh day. yeah. Heck the NFL, the preseason starts next week, next That's weekend. Really? Yeah, the Hall of Fame game. Then the following week, Man. everyone else plays. Summer is over, dude. Like, yeah. it's crazy. We are, we are literally just flying right through. I mean, it's how it is every year. It's always like, oh, it's so great when it starts, and then next thing you know, falls here. <laughs> and I love fall. Fall is my favorite time of the year. I, yeah, mine too. I like to go hunting and and uh, and watch football, and I love the weather. Just. Like here, bonfires and cookouts. Here in I don't like having cookouts during the summertime that much because it's just, you know, it's too hot. <laughs> That's the thing. Like when we were in California, like it's like 70 to 75 every day. Hmm. Never have like, I mean, it rains very rarely. And it's always like, you know, it's humid. It was more humid typically, I guess, from what I heard from the locals that, than it normally is when we were there. But, um, but yeah, it was like, you know good weather but here in michigan like it just gets so flipping hot like in the summer which you know i try not to complain because i hate when it's 10 degrees and i i you know complain I, when it's 90 yeah right? humidity i'm wishing for nothing but heat and then when the heat comes i'm like oh i just want it to be cooler and it's like all right man like you can't you can't have both ways but at the same time like it's it gets so hot here like in middle of summer, it's like, oh my gosh, like it's not even fun to be outside sometimes. Um, and I think that's because we have that change in weather. Like if it were hot like this year round, we'd get used to it. But like when we go from being, you know, super cold to super hot, it's like it just it's it, it makes that difference. It makes that temperature seem so much worse. But anyways, that's 
totally besides the point. That's our weather podcast. Yeah, if you guys would like to tune in later for more weather updates, let us know. Let's get um, back into football. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame, are you done with Michigan stuff? Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, Notre Dame stuff. Um, they've had quite a few commits since we last uh, talked. Namely, uh, the big ones have been uh, Devin Moore, cornerback. And I think, did we mention him last time? Devin Moore? Yeah, I can't remember. There was Devin Moore and then... Um, Probably should write this down. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I should have I should have wrote down who I who I talked about um, last time, but I didn't. So um, from what I have, it's it's been Devin Moore. I think I did mention him last time, but anyways, he was a cornerback out of Florida. Um, he committed to Notre Dame over. He had some offers, good offers at Alabama offer. Um, he was a he's a three star. But he was, you know, it was one of those deals where, like, he's, like, 6'2". He's a really lanky cornerback. Um, and he was – he was his rating wasn't accurate. Um, but he committed to Notre Dame. And then the big one – there was two big ones that happened. Uh, the biggest one probably was Jalen Sneed, was the linebacker out of uh, South Carolina. Um, he is four-star, a really high four-star one of the best linebackers in the, in the class. And um, he was, it was kind of between Notre Dame and Oregon. And he ended up choosing Notre Dame, obviously. And it was, you know, just really athletic, kind of like a Jeremiah uh, Koromoa type. Really, you know, can cover, can cover slot receivers, very athletic, but at the same time is, is built well. Like, I mean, for example, like for his high school team, he played defensive end. Like a lot of his highlights from the last year from his junior season were his hand was in the dirt and he was playing two technique um, or not two technique, but he, yeah, you know what I mean? Two point stance. Sorry, not two technique. Um, And he like, so he's very versatile. Like he can do a lot. Now granted, he's not going to play defensive end in college football. He's, He's not uh, something some made, made a lot of it scared me a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a really versatile player. He's going to be that kind of Rover type player like uh, Cormo was. So he's going to be moving around a lot. Um, and then Benjamin Morrison was the other player that committed. He's another lanky, not, not as length, not as lanky as, as Devin Moore, but like six foot um, really athletic. He ended up, it ended up being, Notre Dame, Washington, and Alabama were his final three. And, I mean, obviously Alabama is good at recognizing corners because um, Saban is really, really good with that position. And um, if anyone knows anything about Washington, uh, Jimmy Lake, who is the coach there, is like he's kind of been a thorn in Notre Dame's side as far as um, cornerback recruiting just because – you know, obviously the Pac-12 kind of, you know, had, you know, we have their thought, we have our thoughts on the Pac-12. They're not obviously great um, as a, you know, national like as football team, you know, perspective. But corners, they they send corners to the league. Like that's the one position that they really really recruit well and they really develop well. Um, so that was a big get for Notre Dame to land him. Um, well, yeah, that that's pretty much it from the recruiting side. Um, 
a lot of a lot of excitement, um, especially around the defensive recruiting. Uh, I've heard rumblings. C.J. Williams is a wide receiver. He's a he's a four star. He's really highly rated in the in the twenty twenty two class. He is set to make his decision on August seventh, I believe, and he's got a couple crystal balls for Notre Dame. And, it, and I'm pretty sure he's going to pick Notre Dame. So a little love for the offensive side of the ball because over the last like month, it's basically defense, defense, defense. <laughs> That's all you guys get. Defense. That's it. And people are like, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans who are ready to tell Kelly to start packing his bags and get on out of here. So. Maybe Michigan should hire him. <laughs> no Don Brown. But. Yeah. He'll get a job. Like, I don't know. Who would probably be open? Heck, Purdue. I think Brahms on the hot seat. Like, something in Big Ten territory. He, he probably could take over. For Michigan? No, I meant uh, Freeman. If he ever gets a coaching job. Yeah. So, my thought on that is, and I, you know, I think that a lot of people have speculated. There's been a couple articles that have been put out about, you know, Marcus Freeman being being the next head coach at Notre Dame, and here's here's my thought on it. And I feel like a few things I've read have kind of have kind of advocated for this. But when Notre Dame, when Marcus Freeman was being hired or was like being recruited by Notre Dame and LSU, those were really the two schools he was looking at to go to next. There was a lot – I mean, there was a one point, that, like, the day before he committed, everyone was like, well, you know, Marcus Freeman's going to LSU. And Notre Dame, you know, just kind of lost out on another, you know, coach. And Brian Kelly didn't try that hard. And then Brian Kelly made a phone call. Everyone – I mean, if people who follow Notre Dame know this story, that he made a phone call and was like, whatever was said in that phone call, basically, like, <laughs> flip-flopped. You know, it's like, all right. We're going to Notre Dame. Like, that's where I'm taking my family. And ever since then, it's been like, you know, 100 miles an hour. So my thought process is, okay, what did he say in that phone conversation? And it had to have been something along the lines of, like, like you're my predecessor. Like, you are the, like, I want to, I want to hand the reins off to you. Like, this could be yours type of thing, you know? And that's what flipped it. Like, I, I, I just, that that's, to me, that makes sense. Because uh, I don't know if you already have in your mind that we're going to LSU. Like, that's from, that's reports. I don't know if that's totally true. Um, but that's just my thought process. And it's my hope. I, I don't, like, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to, like, lie to you. I really hope that he is the next head coach in Notre Dame. And if not, whatever, he can go off somewhere else. And we'll be left with, you know, the next whatever. Cincinnati but head coach. I just think that, yeah, I just think that we would be Fickle. Really, yeah, <laughs> I would Fickle. I would be really remiss. I just, after watching the interviews with him and listening to him talk, and I've seen a little bit of him coaching. He is just, man, he's just a, like, if you have an opportunity to, I'll send you, I'll have to send you the link to, um, he did an interview with Chris Zorich 
um, who is a former Notre Dame player. He was on that 88 championship team. He's I think I've team. seen that recommended because, you know, off YouTube, I think I saw that. You need to Zorich watch it. And Freeman. You need to watch it and just be like, just subjectively, like as like with no affiliation aside and be like, man, this dude understands. He gets it. Like he, it's crazy. I was like, I actually talked about this in my my first episode. I was like, I'm driving home from a wedding, um, and from up north, and like my wife is sleeping in the passenger seat, and I'm like trying not to wake her up because I'm getting so jacked up listening to him talk. I'm like, I'm like, it's it's crazy. He just, you totally like, it's hard to listen to him and not be like, wow, like. I would want that guy to coach me. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty pumped about that. But anyway, that's one of our tangents again. But um, we can move forward now <laughs> to uh, to the next portion of the podcast, which will be um, we are going to talk about which we should have I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but we're going to talk about uh, Notre Dame and Michigan. More specifically, like Brian Kelly and Jim Harbaugh. For you, it'll be a little bit more mixed. But for me, two coaches. For me, it'll be basically just Brian Kelly. It will be just Brian Kelly Um, of the last 10 years versus the top 25. And um, and I I mean, I can start with this, or I'll I'll have you start, actually. I'll have you start and talk a little bit about Michigan in in the last 10 years, just. Well, it's a losing record, guys. Well, yeah, and that's how you know it's interesting. I we talked about this a little bit before recording, and it it's interesting because you go back through these years, and you you know you see your good years. Like I'm sure for you, when you got to 2016, it was like, yeah, like we did well against the top 25, and that was a year where you did well. Like you had a good year. And it was the same thing for me, like, you know, 2012 was, we were good against the top 25. Um, 20, uh, 2018, we were good against the top 25. 2020, we were pretty good against the top 25. And then you have years where it's like, oh, you went 0-3. <laughs> it's like, oh, you went 1-2. and 2. Like, okay, like, it, you see it. And it's interesting to follow that and just see. And it was also interesting I went through a list of against the top 25, and I don't remember when this article was posted. It may have been one that was from 2017. But I found it really interesting that there was a top 10 of best records against the top 25. And you know who was number two? Against top 25? Yeah. Number two? Well, it was so – who was number one? It wasn't Saban. Saban was three. Um, shoot. Uh, Talking about coaches? Yeah, it was coaches. Um, oh my gosh. Who was number one? I can't remember who number one was. It wasn't very surprising, which is why it's weird that I. Urban Meyer? (laughs) No, I don't think it was Urban Meyer. Um, Dabo? Dabo wasn't, no. Trying to think of coaches. Well, now I want to figure this out. Anyways, the one that uh, my point was is not, the shocking one was number two. It was David Shaw from Stanford. Hmm. He had like percentage wise the number two best rating in the, against the top twenty five, and I think that that was an old 
uh, record, like 2017 or something. Like it was from 2017 to like, or from when he started coaching at Stanford to 2017, which wasn't a super long time. And since then, they've gotten they've gotten much worse. Yeah, Stanford hasn't been as good as they were since McCaffrey left. I would say. Yeah, they've been. Maybe those are the last two good, really good Stanford teams, probably. Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's <clears throat> let's go. Um, I just kind of got off topic there, but let's go uh, with with Michigan. Here's some top twenty-five thoughts. Michigan sucks against the. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, I wrote down both Notre Dame and Michigan just for the heck of it since we had a lot of time from between episodes. Like I did Michigan first, then I then I thought to myself, well, I'll write down Notre Dame's. Notre Dame, there's a lot more probably because they have a, you know, independent schedule compared to Michigan. Michigan, it's pretty much Big Ten. Right. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, clearly better than Michigan, but it's not as much better <laughs> than what Michigan has. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame is, yeah, it's not much better. What, 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 was, what was Michigan's record? Uh, they were 14 and 26 against top 25 teams. This top 25, it's teams that were ranked during the regular season, too. Yeah, that's a kind of a... a disclaimer we should give this is when they were when they played because it's hard like it's tough to go through and kind of like figure out what the teams were ranked at the end of the season because they're like you said before we started recording that like there's there's teams that you know Notre Dame and Michigan both played that ended up ranked at the end of the year that were not ranked when they played them so the number is a little skewed it's not totally accurate but yeah. Uh, like, for example, for Notre Dame, Notre Dame played Michigan and USC. They were both unranked. Both ended up uh, – Michigan ended number 12 and USC ended number 6. So, same thing for Michigan State in 2012. Notre Dame went to East Lansing. Sparty was number 10, but Sparty had a bad year. They were, I think, 7-6 and six that year. I can't remember. They weren't ranked. So it's just, I mean, it's a little misleading in some areas. It's not a huge. Uh, Michigan's huge difference. They were 14-26 against the top 25, if you go by during the season. But really, they were 9-17 and 17 with the final AP top 25. Yeah. I don't know what Notre Dame's. I didn't really figure theirs out. Yeah, I didn't like, for example, Michigan, USC, like I said, they would be two. I mean, really, they were one and four against top 25 instead of one and two. If you change everything. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, do you think it's telling <laughs> of, like, you know, where, where you're at as a program? It's not just, like, thinking of this from 2011 to – Last year, that's two coaches. So you have Hope from 2011, 12, 13, and 14. So 
Probably 11. Yeah, 2011, Hoke was, had a winning record against top 25 teams. Hmm. All the other ones, he was 0-4 in 2012. 1-2 against in 2013, then 0-3 in 2000. Well, pretty much 0-4 in 2014. It's not that much better for Harbaugh, really, either. Big thing for Harbaugh is the top five and the top ten where he's two and sixteen. <laughs> yeah, that that as long as like when you shrink that down, I think for Notre Dame it's very similar. Like, you know, Notre Dame Brian Kelly specifically is not great against you know he gets those wins against the you know twenty five through fifteen or whatever. See Notre Dame. So Kelly started in two thousand eleven. You said it's ten years, right? Uh, 2010 was his first season. Well, 2011, top, let's say top five teams, Brian Kelly lost to Stanford. So that's 0-1. Beat Oklahoma, 2012, clearly probably the best year for top 25 games for Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Lost Alabama in the championship. That's 1-2. Stanford lost to them again. Lost at famous Jameis Winston, Florida State. Man, they sucked. Lost to them. Lost to Ohio State in a bowl game. They were number eight. Lost at Miami. But, hey, Miami went downhill after that. So, that was a weird year. <laughs> that was a crazy year. 2018, they beat Stanford. Lost to Clemson in the playoff game. Lost at Georgia, beat Clemson, lost to Clemson, and lost to Alabama. So I think I counted three win, three wins out of that top ten. Not a good record. No. But I mean, I think Notre Dame over the years has to go through and just look at the different. Um, like we talked about, you know, you go through and it's like they they did well on their good years, like which is you know pretty rare. You don't have great, years. you know, like, like I said earlier, like 2012, 2018, 2020, like those were their really good years as far as the regular season goes, and they you know they beat top 25 teams and. I think that the one the one thing that I get, you know, we did this a couple, you know, like one of the very first episodes we did, we went through and talked about their best wins. And it was like. Worst losses too. Yeah. And it was yeah. kind of disheartening, like going through the, the wins. And it was like, man, y'all haven't like, haven't beat anybody. Like, yeah, like Notre Dame beat Oklahoma in 2012, but like. Oklahoma in 2012 was, like, not that good. Like, they were, you know, they were decent, but they weren't – it wasn't – I mean, it was a good win on the road, but it's like, dude, Bama does that every week. I was trying – like, Michigan and Notre Dame, think about it, 2011, Michigan had a good season. Notre Dame was 8-5. and five. 2012, Michigan, eh, sort of decent. 2012, they were finished number 24. Notre Dame, of course, went to the championship. 2013, Michigan finished unranked. Notre Dame was nine and four. They didn't. Well, Michigan sucked in 2014. They were five and seven. 
Notre Dame went eight and five. So really, like 2018, Michigan and Notre Dame, they both had pretty good seasons. I mean, ten wins, and Notre Dame went to the playoff. 2018. Yep. Right. Yeah. In 2019, Notre Dame only had one loss before they went to Michigan and lost. Yeah. They finished both ranked. So sometimes it's just even between the two teams, you can have bragging rights over that team, but you kind of look at it on paper as like, <laughs> that team sucked, <laughs> really. Dude, it's crazy. I It's just been very – you know, and I think relating it back to like – and I, I didn't really go through, like, Notre Dame specifically. Like, they were, you know, they're, I had them at 20 and 22. I think that that is, a, you know, that number varies depending on whether you look at, you know, like when they played them, who was who was top 25 versus, mm-hmm. you know, like if they weren't or if they were at the end of the season or if they weren't ranked when they played them and they were at the end of the season. But I just think, I don't know. When you look at everything as a whole and you kind of evaluate just like where you're at or where you've been and then where you are now, I think that Notre Dame and maybe, you know, Notre Dame and Michigan kind of feel like they're in opposite, you know, opposite pools right now. Like, you know, Notre Dame, like Michigan, I think for true Michigan fans, like you always hope for a good season, but it's like, I don't know, man, like you just don't know what to expect. You know, like last year, you thought you were going to be pretty decent. And then it was just like, what the hell is going on? And well, it was kind of last year. It was just, there was, looked like the team quit. Yeah. You know, you never some know. Moment. Stuff. Like it was just hard to really tell. So I think, you and, know, well, I think this year is truly Harbaugh's defining year. Like I think if he doesn't, if he doesn't like make a playoff run or like is competitive in the Ohio State game. Like, I think it's hard for them to say, we're going to hang on to you. Like, I don't know. Like, I was listening and thinking of other scenarios for him to stay or leave. Like, I I heard one guy on a podcast say he wouldn't be surprised if maybe Harbaugh has a back, like a bounce back season, nine, ten wins. Yeah. You know, every year he's rumored to take an NFL job. He might try to bounce back so he can just leave and on Ann Arbor. I can see that happening. I can see that too. Uh, if the NFL doesn't want him, how should he keep his job? I would say if nine or 10 wins, it depends on how bad those losses are as well. Cause he's had a lot of bad losses. I mean, it's not just Ohio state. Like there's a couple of times he should have never lost the Michigan state. Right. Last Michigan year. state's on a decline. Last year, he should not have lost. <laughs> yeah. 2017, we probably shouldn't have lost in that rainstorm. Yeah. When we decided to let John O'Corn throw the ball 40 times, it felt like Welcome when we should have ran the ball. Monsoon, and we tried to chuck the ball around. Yeah. It was like, um, it's so stupid. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> the uh, I wonder if Harbaugh is going to end up at – Baltimore. Eventually, if he's gonna get tired of like the head coaching grind, he's gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna go coach my brother. And I just don't know what do you do. That's the thing. Like, 
I don't think that'll ever happen. Like, what he I could. think he's too stubborn to do that. He'll he'll take a head coaching job. No, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, eventually, like, if you were to stay at Michigan long enough, and it was like hmm. to the point where, like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not winning. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm not like living up to the Michigan brand and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, like, I'm tired of this. Like, back, like, just constant. You know, like having to be the the face. And he's like, I just want to go and coach quarterbacks or be the OC or something. At in Baltimore, I would be, I could see that happening. But hmm. I don't, anyway, yeah, I just think that it's it's interesting, and it's interesting to go back through your team's, you know, top twenty five record in the last. I think it's very telling. Like, you know, you you want to measure success, like you got to beat the ranked teams. And that this whole thing kind of just shows that, like, it's like, it's why Michigan and Notre Dame, who are you know, storied programs, kind of have the reputation that they do right now. And like, well, I, you know, I think Notre Dame's is headed in the right direction. I think Kelly is doing things that is that are truly, like, I've mentioned, I've mentioned in other, like, my other podcasts, and like, that you know, like, I've said it on here. Like, I think that this is a year that Notre Dame could potentially make a push for a national championship i think well i think big thing about notre dame feeling good about like what was the what was their losing season 15 16 uh yeah 2016 when they had a terrible year it was yeah, like four wins yeah four and eight and he's bounced back really well after that right 2007 well that was 2017 yeah 2017 was like nine and three and then they went to the playoff in 2018 and they were they were on the verge in 2019 then they made it again in 2020. yeah all right yeah, so, so he has he's had a quite a like yeah i can see why notre dame would feel good well and you know they're like, so close for example which is really interesting that this has happened typically brian kelly doesn't let um like his coordinators talk to the media and like he'll have like very specific dates where like they can it's very rare it's like happens like once or twice really so, so yeah for some reason he's very weird about that he always has been and hmm. he hasn't been this year um and so this is orange interview which again you should go listen to it and uh marcus freeman talks about like the part of the recruitment, he was like, you know, talking to him about like, like his, what he views, like his future. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but like, it was like basically along the lines of like, like, Hey, I know the reputation of Notre Dame. Like you kind of lose the big games type thing. And Kelly, he Freeman said this, which I was shocked. He was like, Brian Kelly told him, he's like, money's not an issue like i'm tired of losing to the big schools i'm tired of losing to alabama i'm tired of losing to clemson like dude for me and i've heard this through multiple people podcasts whatever that's the kind of brian kelly that we want like how jacked up would you be if like harbaugh was just like i'm flat out tired of losing to these dudes i'm tired of losing to ohio state well, that's up. one thing that's kind of changed too. Other than the press conference, all of a sudden, like he's allowing music on the practice field. Yeah, like get pit. And he's even mentioned like 
we're going to beat Ohio State or die trying. Like, I've never – that's, like, the most fire I've heard him say. Like, right, and it's ever. super cheesy, but it's like, yeah, cool, man. Like, get – like, you got to beat these guys. Especially compared to Ohio State. Ohio State sleeps with a Michigan teddy bear because they think about Michigan 24-7. They take out the freaking letter M. Right. I was like, you need to feel like not just for Ohio State, Michigan. You need to feel that way towards Sparty too. You want to beat the and shit out. Of them. I understand. I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> right. I understand. Like, like Notre Dame, Michigan, your academic institutions. There's, there's a code of conduct. There's all this stuff. But it's like at the end of the day, dude, we're playing football. We're trying to beat these mother efforts. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? Like, why I used. To, acting, uh, why are you acting like you want to be best friends with? Ohio State, why are you acting like you want to be best? Go freaking beat them. I I used to like brag about maybe like players' GPAs compared to other players' GPAs or something. I was yeah. like, I don't even care anymore. I don't care if my quarterback's the dumbest kid around Dude, with a like, low GPI. Like, just win a game for crying like, out loud. Yeah, like just freaking get a dude in there. Let's go. Let's like win some games here. Yeah. Like clearly, you know, there's been this stigma behind, and I, that's another thing about what Freeman says. It's like, you know, there's been this like deal where it's like, we can only get Notre Dame guys. Like, we can only get guys that will survive at Notre Dame. It's like, dude, shut up. You can like, I'm not saying you can get everybody because there's clearly a kid that sur- that will survive Notre Dame and like the schedule and the the academics. But at the same time, it's like, dude, okay, keep getting Notre Dame guys. Because you're gonna end up with kids that aren't gonna aren't gonna play with Alabama. You gotta get kids who are. You have to have to go. Uh, he says this in the interview. You essentially you have to go after players and make them Notre Dame guys. Like have faith in these young players that they can come in and and, and adjust and adapt. And you have to you have to help them. Like. You, so you go you go get a kid that is like automatically gonna succeed at Notre Dame like <laughs> yeah cool but you know let's just be real he's not going to be that great athlete that you need to win a national championship so like go you're gonna have to help these kids through school you're gonna have to get them through classes like hold their hand a little bit and and, and next thing you know we're on the national spotlight again but yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's a it's an interesting thing, and I think you know with which is this is a good segue into our next our last topic, which is the college or the not college football expansion, but well, yeah, college football expansion, SEC expansion, conference stuff. expansion. Yeah, I say. yeah, and it's like, dude, things are changing. Like college football is changing. You can't like you got to go after kids. Like, and I, I think you can do that and keep your academic standards, but you also have to like, dude, it's going to, it's moving fast. It is a freaking wildfire. And if you don't figure this out now, like you're going to be sitting there going, all right, we're not going to win anymore. We're not going to be in the running for a national championship ever. Wait, we're talking about Texas and Oklahoma, right? <laughs> we are, yeah. Let's transition that. Let, let me officially transition us into the conference expansion, which has been the hot topic for college football for the since past. Monday. I think that's when it broke. Yeah, well, now it's gone from they were they were interested in leaving the Big Twelve. They formally requested, and now 
they gave them permission or the SEC like invited Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. And now officially as of today, they have accepted the invite and they say 2025, but I think we all know it's going to be earlier than that. Um, 2025. Hmm. That's when the the media rights ends, but I think it's going to end up being more like 2022. Hmm. I didn't hear that yet. But all right, breaking news for me. <laughs> no, it's yeah, they, their media right their their media contract goes through twenty twenty five, and so if they they have to, there's a huge payout. It's like eighty million dollars or something. But it's one of those deals where it's like eighty million dollars to the amount of money that you'll make if you join the SEC. You're gonna end up making that and more. So is it worth it? Like probably. I don't think. Well, Texas and Oklahoma is a big profit. Like, they make a lot of money already, but they're really not making a huge difference in money thing. I mean, they're still going to make more. Probably help in recruiting because you're in the SEC. But I still – I don't know if I really buy that they're going to be – I mean, with the playoff expansion, yeah, they'll probably be in the playoff maybe here and there. But they're going to probably finish like fourth – or fifth in the SEC every year. <laughs> right. To me, they will. Well, I just think that it ends up boiling down to it's a bigger picture thing where it's like, okay, this is just the start. Like, it's a start to super conferences. Like, yeah. You're going to, we're going to, Big 12 is going to be gone. So we're down to four. Pretty soon it might be down to two in the future. Mega conference, anyways. Yeah. I, I would say it's going to end up with like, you know, I think what would be cool. I don't know. I have a, I have a lot of different theories on it. I think I don't mind super conferences necessarily, as long as it benefits. I just think that you're going to end up totally crushing the, like the, um, the, what's it called? Um, not power five, but the other group of five, group of five. Yeah. Just like the Cincinnati's and the coastal Carolinas, like those teams are never going to have a chance. And I tend to be a traditionalist with college football. And I think you would probably say the same thing where it's like just this, this we've changed so much from like where bowl games don't really matter anymore. Um, And you miss the old days of like, you know, like we, I don't know. Like, let's be real. Since since the college football playoff, since things have changed, have we had – what's the – like, maybe this is the wrong way to say it. <laughs> have, we, have we had a really exciting national championship game? In the, play, in the playoff era? Yeah, in the playoff era. What was the most exciting national championship game we've had? The two – Alabama Clemson games were exciting that I can think of. Well, I think a bigger problem is not excitement in the playoff games. It's more of a during the BCS era. Those were the those were like you might not like the BCS or anything. Like it had its flaws just like any other system. But it seemed like a lot of those years there's upsets in the conference championship weekend. Like, for example, Kansas State knocked off Texas A&M in 1999 when A&M was supposed to go to the championship, like in the BCS championship game. 
like there were far more upsets during the BCS era, like toward the end of the season than it, it was it this year. Stress on being perfect. Yeah, like you had to be perfect, and now especially with the with the college football playoff expansion, dude. So what? You lose to, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Like for Notre Dame this year, if it were the if it were the twelve team expansion or the 12-team playoff, you'd have, uh, let's see, let's say you lose to North Carolina and you lose to, I don't know, USC. They're still 10-2. You think a 10-2 Notre Dame team is not getting in? Like, they're still going to get into the playoff at some point. Like, who, okay, you have your five, you have your five conference champions. So you have uh, seven open spots. You don't think Notre Dame at 10 and 2 is going to be one of those teams? Just depends on everyone else, but you can't really know for sure. It depends what I Notre Dame has. They're going to be in. They'll probably be like two or three. So, like the SEC champion, they'll, they will sneak in like one or two more SEC teams. Well, you're looking at like, you know, you look at a conference, the team that loses the championship game. They're probably gonna get in. Yeah. Even then, you've got unless it's like a seven and five pit team from a couple yeah, of years or ago. Like, or whatever, you know, like Big Tennis had that on the east or whatever side that is where Northwestern three years but, ago. Yeah, yeah, like you have that situation. I'm just saying that's just an example. I'm maybe it's a bit exaggerated. But yeah. like okay, maybe not losing two games, but, but yeah, ten and two. Losing. Yeah, Notre Dame loses one game this year, and it's like it doesn't matter. Like it used to be, like if we even even this year, you know, like say we lose to to USC or North Carolina, and then it's like, man, there's a good chance we don't make the playoff. And now it's like, or with the 12 team expansion, it's like, all right, like, I like we're just good. hope some stuff falls your way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all that stuff. I mean, you, for sure, two wins, like, or two wins might be a little bit of a stretch, but one, or sorry, lock, two losses. Two losses. <laughs> yeah, two, two wins definitely. Not getting that will be. <laughs> two losses is a stretch. One loss for Notre Dame, you're definitely getting in at 12. Yeah, you losses. should be in. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that there's any reason why you won't get in, unless it was like, I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna win it. They lost by fifty to Glen Oaks Community College, or yeah, right. Um, yes, it, it, Max School that had a losing record, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, but it also depends on everyone else as well. Right, like, but eleven and one, I think the chances are really high for ten and two, maybe seventy something percent. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, ten and two is a good number probably for them being independent. I've heard a few different things where, <clears throat> you know, I listen to all this stuff that is from the Notre Dame perspective. So like, you know, a lot of my stuff is uh, you know, a little biased, but also like, you know, we we're it's a different, like people are like, well, this is going to force Notre Dame into joining a conference. And it's like, not necessarily like Notre Dame's going to sit back and they're going to say, all right, we're going to watch this stuff play out. And if, you know, which is what, I mean, maybe they won't, who knows? But I, like, this is what I think they should do: sit back and just say, "All right, you guys do all your conference realignment crap, and then like we'll see where we stand." And then after that, like if it 
suits us, we'll join. If it doesn't suit us, we won't. And the other thing too is like if it gets to the point where it's like, well, these super conferences are forming. All right, here's what you do. Notre Dame, you start calling teams, start calling schools. Say, hey, we want you, we want you, we want you. Let's go. Let's form our own conference and compete with this SEC super conference that they've got going on and then build your own conference. Because if, I mean, let's be real. If Notre Dame starts talking and throwing money around, you think people aren't going to listen? Like, they will for sure. It's interesting is like uh, the Big Ten, what I've been hearing about the Big Ten, like countering this move. They're really looking at they're looking at programs. I never heard of it. It's like AAU. Yeah. When I hear AAU, I think of, you know, high school basketball, all-star teams, you know, whatever those are. Yeah. Highly recruits. But it's I, I don't remember what it stands for. It's academics. It's like high academic schools. So right. like you could put like Notre Dame, Michigan. Northwestern, you know, do Georgia Tech all in a conference. Those are high academic schools. Yeah. Well, that's who they're going after. Like I heard Kansas and Iowa State's on the mix for joining the Big Ten if they expanded. Right. They said the worst Big Ten school is probably Nebraska. Like they're the lowest rated one. But, like, I've heard Georgia Tech and Duke, like, nothing like – if you think of the football teams, nothing great, yeah. really, out of all those schools. Iowa State's up and coming yep. the last couple of years. But Kansas may be good for basketball. But Yeah, that's the other aspect that people don't think about. Like, this isn't just football. Like, like we got to think about this from a basketball perspective, too. Like, you know, the – the, the Big 12 isn't great in football, but they're pretty darn good in basketball. <laughs> I've always thought of, like, get rid of Rutgers and get rid of Maryland. <laughs> like, I, ever since they joined the conference, I was like, can we just go back to 12 teams when Nebraska well, joined? Nebraska, like, like, what does Nebraska do for the Big 10? Nothing really. They're not the brand they used to be, and they're not as they're yeah. not as talented as they used to be. Clearly, so it's like okay, like you guys go back to the Big Twelve. Like if big the Big Twelve wants to stay intact, like you can go and be a part of that. And there's no no. Well, there were like rumblings about West Virginia going to the ACC, uh, Florida State and Clemson going. I think the Florida State president, school president, is asking about joining the sec as well and they want clemson to go with them i'm like see they're just ruining i i don't like it that much i mean i think that i think that what college football fans like you and i have dealt with for years is there's been so much change that has happened and it's like just like i'm okay with the playoff expansion but i hate this conference moving around it's just like, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it was like, we, you know, granted it, so it boils down to this. Like me saying that means that we, from the outsider's perspective, it just, it's like, you know, like, what's the big deal? Why are you guys doing this? But the bottom line is it's all about money. Yeah, it is. And it's like, okay. Like, but I've heard like Texas and Oklahoma makes enough money as it is. It's not like a huge. I mean, they're going to make more, but it's not really like a 
I don't get it. Like, I, that, I, yeah, I, it's I more money, it. but it's not like a huge. Like, it's not like they're hurting. I <laughs> heard it's it, it makes them a bunch of more money, but maybe that I don't. Maybe that's not true. But now, I still think they're not going to be like, you know, you might get one of them making. I mean, Texas hasn't done anything since '09. There, I saw something since 2010 through 2019, the decade. They barely had a over a 500 record or something. They, their record's not good. Yeah. Texas is back, baby. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma, but I still don't. I just don't buy that they're gonna like compete with the mega with the powerhouses that are already established at the conference level. In the SEC, yeah, it's 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 a crazy deal, and honestly, it's ESPN's fault too. I heard that as well. I just think it's one of those things <laughs> where, like, right now, I keep because they own, they have rights with the SEC yeah. network and all that. I've heard that story as well. We we can sit here and speculate and you know talk about it until we're blue in the face. Yeah. It happens, it happens. Yeah, I just like, you know, it, we're just going to have to watch it and and just see where it goes and then just make our assumptions after the fact because that's just it. Like When, when they were talking about the 12-team playoff, when was it, like the earliest, 23? Yeah, 2023. Right. right. Yeah, college football is going to look a lot different, man. This is going yeah, to be- next yeah, three heck maybe next two years. It's going to be new era. I would say this is the first like when if you're a college football fan like this this next year is going to be like it's going to be the last time it looks fairly similar to like what we're used to. I can picture it now, like the big 12 teams i they said the big 12 like other teams are going to be upset with texas and oklahoma bailing out yeah i feel bad for texas a&m they got out of the big 12 to get away from texas and now texas well, they voted. Right they didn't vote no so yeah which is just confusing to me but anyways like i can picture if there's a team that's beating texas or beating oklahoma i'd run up the score on them <laughs> <laughs> say get out <laughs> well, we'll find there out might be some right. bad blood some fights and everything oh man i'm all for that it's bulletin mater- bulletin board material from coaches uh, i can see it let's get some midfield brawls going again i want some yeah. old-fashioned just like i'm gonna show up and like i don't like you some catholics versus convicts stuff let's go <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's pretty much all we have to say about it. I I just think it's one of those things where we're gonna have to sit back and, and just watch things play out. And yeah. if it, you know, a lot's gonna happen, a lot's gonna change. But nevertheless, we're gonna remain fans of the sport. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna love it regardless. Um, but I just hope that they try and keep some of the traditions alive and mm. and keep some of that. You know. There's just nothing like a Saturday morning waking up and watching college game day and enjoying enjoying a slate of college football games and 
And I just, I want that to always be the same, you know? And I think, I just, I just want that to be a thing for the future. Like I, I want that to happen for me and I want it to happen for, my, you know, if I have kids that I want my kids to watch that, I want them to enjoy that experience. And I just like, it's like, I just don't want it to get too out of hand to where it's like so money driven that like, it just becomes a, a, a predictable and, and not fun sport, but whatever. <laughs> That uh, you mentioned kids. If you have kids, that reminds me of uh, the Michigan podcast that I listened to. Mm-hmm. Steve Dace was talking about his son. He was like, I feel bad for him because all he knows is Michigan getting beat by Ohio State. <laughs> like, he doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> right. Because when I was younger, Michigan beat Ohio State like every year. Yeah. During the well, Don Cooper era. Now it's completely the last. 20 years it's been a complete different story yeah that's like my buddy his you know he's a huge michigan fan his dad is a huge michigan fan they went they both went to U of M, I believe or he my buddy did for sure but i don't know if his dad did or not but like <laughs> you know think about his dad it's like you grew up watching michigan be like the school you know being kind of like the alabama of, of college football and well, I'm gonna say like Alabama on this level because no, 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 not winning national championship level. But I mean, they they would beat. They would. It was frustrating when Lloyd Carr coached. He would win bit like most of his career. He would win the big games mm-hmm. until like later on, like late in his career. Right. But he would lose to like these like games that he should have never lost to, like lose to Iowa. <laughs> And running plays that you shouldn't have ran. Fourth and goal, let's hand it off to the fullback up the middle. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of bull crap. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just been a change and you know yeah. I hope that when I have children, if they are young males, that they A love Notre Dame like I do. I'll, I'm gonna try my heart. That, that'll be that'll be the big one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> when they get older, <laughs> I mean, they're gonna have they're gonna be dressed in Notre Dame from the the day they can walk. So that reminds me of uh, Aaron, my nephew. You know him, of course. Yeah. I took him to a Michigan football game. Right. Because we had four tickets, and I couldn't get a fourth person, so we were like, "Well, we'll just take Aaron." Yeah. We didn't even think about it, Laura. Sure <laughs> Laura and Jesse that. were like. Well, Jesse, I'm sorry. You should have. You had all this time. You should have took Aaron to a Notre Dame game. <laughs> sorry, we beat you to it. <laughs> I mean, he really like he was like I told him. I was like, you don't have. I mean, I know you're a Notre Dame fan. Like supposedly, you're like you care about football in ways. Right. He doesn't care. But he was like at all, like he was watching the whole environment. It was kind of crazy yeah. watching him. That's nuts, man. Because it's a big place, you know, and you see all those people and, you know, it's different. I mean, he's sure. only seen football like on the TV and he's been to a, you know, Centerville High School game or something like that. Right. But yeah, I mean, something different. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's an experience, but I just want my, my kids to, not do that. <laughs> Hell no. First game they go to, they're going. They I'm better. Sorry. They better go to at least a Nordic, like a Detroit Lions game or yeah, something. We'll, we'll we'll find some middle ground here. Western Michigan, you went to Western. Take them to a Western game too. They'll be a backup team. 
They go to Western, go to Grand Valley game. You can go to, you can go to wherever you want. Just don't go to Ann Arbor. <laughs> go to East Lansing. Yeah, <laughs> big game. That's fine with me, man. You go to state. That's that's all good. But all right, we're gonna wrap this up. Um, it's been fun. Uh, just kind of getting back into the swing of things here, and as we're gonna start to really push forward here with um, the start of the season coming up in about a month. Just try to get some more episodes in before we uh, make our predictions. Yeah, before we make our predictions, and then and then post game stuff where we you know talk about the weekend of college football and whatever transpired, which I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the doing the season once it kicks off. Yeah, it's, about it's the games. Hard, you know, like we both have we both have jobs and it's like, you know, it's like, you know, we can sit here and talk about this stuff. It's like, but I'm just ready to talk about games. Like yeah. I'm, I'm ready to talk about what happened um, in, in the games and all that stuff. So, but yeah, um, if you're listening to us on Apple, um, Spotify, please like and subscribe and leave us a review or whatever, whatever it prompts you to do. Um, that would be great just because it gets this, this whole thing circulating and gets us kind of, in the flow of, of different podcasts. And so when you search, you know, college football or whatever it may be, um, our name pops up and people maybe find it and start listening. Uh, that would be great. And um, look forward to talking a little bit more about um, the, you know, what happens in the future with, you know, the expansion and, um, and then obviously Notre Dame and Michigan recruits and, and bigger news from there, but we got a month and, we're going to be talking about games. We're going to be talking about previews and all that stuff. So um, let's I just keep our eyes on the prize, and, and it's going to be fun. I'm pretty pumped about it. So um, what's that? Uh, this Saturday will be five Saturdays till the – I mean, it's not like the big – there's like six games on the 28th. Yeah, but... that week zero or whatever. I mean, there's a couple of games I'll probably watch, like the Illinois-Nebraska game, definitely. I'll yeah. Be watching watch that one. Yeah. I mean, it's a chance to watch football, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I might watch UConn play whatever who they play, New Mexico State, A&M, or something like that. <laughs> I might watch a little bit of it, but, yeah, you know, it's just it's college football. So. College football, man. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be tuning into those, and we will be talking about um, some reactions to some of the games, so. Um, check back probably about a week and we will have a new episode for you. So we'll see you later.